from the virtual newsroom of Impact Alpha. This is your Impact Briefing for Friday, May 21st. I'm Monique Aiken. Today I'm joined by David Bank to talk about financing the reconstruction with Catalytic Capital. Hi, David. Hey, Monique. Thanks for having me back. You are always welcome. But first, here's what you need to know from this week in Impact Investing. All eyes are on ExxonMobil in the run-up to their annual general meeting next week. The stunning run of wins on shareholder resolutions, especially around climate, builds to a climax at the largest U.S. oil company. In the last week, climate activists have notched about as many majority votes on climate proposals as in the entire history of the U.S. oil and gas industry. Exxon faces inside and outside pressure to restructure its business for the low-carbon transition. The insider is Inclusive Capital's Jeffrey Ubbin, who has joined Exxon's board. The outsider is activist hedge fund Engine No. 1, which at the meeting will be pushing a slate of four independent directors with expertise in such energy transitions. Bulu Ventures in Palo Alto raised $138 million to invest in diverse early-stage founders. That's one of the biggest of the recent raises of capital for women, Black, Latinx, and other diverse entrepreneurs, and slightly bigger than Harlem Capital's recent $134 million raise. Other recent fundraisers reported in Impact Alpha for funds backing BIPOC founders include Backstage Capital, Genius Guild, Reinventure Capital, and Founders First. Elon Musk shook the cryptocurrency world last week by pulling back from Tesla's commitment to Bitcoin. Musk cited Bitcoin's huge electricity footprint. That sent crypto investors searching for green alternatives, such as Chia, a new coin which relies on unused disk space rather than raw computing power. And speaking of clean power, Google's helping build a geothermal plant in Nevada that could come online next year. The tech giant is working with Fervo Energy in Houston to tap deeper stores of geothermal power. Capricorn Investment Group and Breakthrough Energy are among Fervo's backers. Impact Alpha readers got all of these stories and more delivered to their inbox each morning in the brief. Welcome back to the pod, David. What have you been watching this week? Well, Monique, I was excited to see Reverend William Barber calling for a third reconstruction. I think he's been listening to the podcast. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, Reverend Barber and the Majority Leaders Task Force on Poverty and Opportunity have just announced a major congressional resolution called Third Reconstruction, fully addressing poverty and low wages from the bottom up. And we love to see it. Like them, we from the podcast, the other podcast, <laughs> recognize that there is a window of opportunity to ensure that we build forward better not just back. Back represents systems fragility, systems failure, and our current systems were built for some and not others. And this must be rectified. With the trillions of dollars being spent globally in the recovery, we must steward those dollars with justice. Yeah, Monique, you know, financing this reconstruction is going to be a uh, a big challenge. It's it's going to take you know lots of capital, including what we call catalytic capital, that you know gets in first, backs funds and 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 enterprises early. You mentioned some of the funds in the in the headlines earlier. Um, there's something like uh, seven thousand three hundred family offices worldwide, wealthy families, and they had close to six trillion dollars in assets under management. Those are families that can you know make a stake for this kind of reconstruction. They've benefited from the, all the, the run-up and they can finance, uh, as you say, building forward better. Um, Bridgespan, you know, the big consultancy, put together a list of 170 funds. I think some of it comes off of some work that you and your colleagues did back uh, a ways as well at, at MIE, Mission Investors Exchange. Um, and they name check a few of them. Uh, we have a piece in the brief today 
the Southern Reconstruction Fund, you'll like that name, um, transforming communities most affected by racial justice into beacons of health and prosperity. And then last year, there were 41 Black-led CDFIs, those are community development financial institutions, uh, formed an organization of the African-American Alliance of CDFI CEOs. Yeah, and one of the precepts or principles of the reconstruction is restructuring not only finance, but power. And on the Reconstruction podcast this week, Patience Marimi Ball, founder of the Women of the World Endowment, talked about driving change by changing who controls capital. What if we actually gave the oversight of education budgets or oversight of healthcare budgets to the people who are the frontline folks? What if 76% of healthcare budgets were actually allocated through the sensibility of 76% of their staff, which happens to be female. Similarly, you know, what if 66% of education budgets were controlled and allocated by people who are the frontline people um, doing the work of teaching our families? Now, that kind of thinking is what we fuel with our capital. It's what we want to invest into. Yes, and another of the thought leaders on that has been Nomaka Agbo at the Katali Foundation. Um, Reconstruction podcast listeners may remember that Rodney Foxworth, in your conversation with him, cited her work for his own thinking about reparative economics. And I love the terms restorative economics and investing, and Rodney Foxworth's evolution of that to reparative investing, and they speak to what's needed to reverse harm done and move from extractive to regenerative and inclusive practices. Katali has a stated goal of liberation, and they're using their resources to do it. Grants and investments distributed with justice in mind as they support economic, political, and cultural power in Black and Indigenous communities and all communities of color. We're going to have some of those high net worth families on our Agents of Impact call next week. We'll have Regan Pritzker, she's the backer of Katali, um, and Diane Eisenberg of Kennyarth. Diane's been a proponent of impact first investing and makes the good point that these wealthy families don't really need to maximize their returns. They can choose to maximize their impact instead and put capital to work that is higher risk or lower return or specifically targeted to low income or marginalized populations. It should be a provocative call. Here's Diane. I do feel like um, the high net worths haven't really stepped up yet. I know they're not stepping up as much as they could be because it's amazing how often we're asked to be that that piece. So if we're asked, you know, we're often, um, you know, the 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 tranche that is subordinated. Yeah, and I think that quote was from almost a year ago. So it'll be really curious to hear how thinking has evolved since then. And listeners can find the link to register for the call in the brief. That's going to do it for your impact briefing this week. You can read all of these stories at impactalpha.com. Impact Alpha's podcasts are available wherever you listen, made possible by Impact Alpha subscribers. Join them and receive the daily brief and full access to impactalpha.com and more. Podcast listeners get $100 off their first subscription. Go to impactalpha.com slash subscribe and use the code briefing100 for $100 off. Thank you for listening and thanks to David Bank and our producer, Isaac Silk. I'm Monique Aiken, Managing Director for TIP, the Investment Integration Project. Make sure to check back for next week's briefing. And until then, take care.